Hey everybody, I'm Kevin. I'm Kayla. We love movies. And we love talking about them. And this is The Martini Window. With us today, we have director, producer, art director, uh, with such credits as Abiquest and the Curse of Maggie Boone and Aliens Ate My Homework, and a personal favorite, Peelers, which is a fun little horror movie. Welcome to the show, Miss Chelsea Goodman. Chelsea. Hi, thank you guys for having me on the show. I love that you are reading off of my IMDb, which it needs some serious updating because I only worked on Aliens Ate My Homework for like three days before, uh, for three days before I departed. And it's just hilarious. It's like right at the top of my IMDb and it's like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. One of these days I'll, I'll pay for IMD, IMDb <laughs> Pro and finally show what I've done or at least what I've proud of of what i've done so yeah (laughs) i was gonna say i know that you've worked on a fair number of productions at this point and i was surprised to not see a fair number on there yeah i've um it's a combination of productions either not giving me an imdb credit me forgetting to give myself an imdb credit or just not having the time like my film resume is like I keep it to two pages, but I have like a master resume and I think it's up to like five or six pages. And that's just for IATC shows. I also have my ACFC resume and then also my independent resume. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, one of these days I'll sit down, get IMDb Pro and just plug in what I've actually done because I have worked on some amazing productions like like for example season one of c and of course which is still to be released season one of avatar the last airbender for netflix i'm so excited to see that so excited you guys are in for a treat like oh i'm so excited All right, so, yeah. Miss Goodman, one thing I know about you is you are a massive Daft Punk fan. So, I assume that is a big reason why today we are talking about Tron Legacy. <laughs> Absolutely. I am actually wearing, I wish we had a video on this, but I'm actually wearing my Daft Punk Tron Legacy shirt that I bought from Hot Topic back in 2010 before I saw Tron Legacy opening night. I still have yeah. that shirt. Tron Legacy. I, I, it was either Tron Legacy or... Oh, God. It was either Tron Legacy or Captain America. It was like my first ever midnight premiere. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yes, so... Yes, representing Daft Punk right here. And, yeah, I mean, I... And we'll get into this later, but I'm I'm a huge Tron fan, and I knew about Tron Legacy was coming out in 2009. But when it was announced that not only was Daft Punk, um, they were going to create the soundtrack, but they were also going to make an appearance <laughs> in the film, that is when I was 110% sold. I was like, this is going to be so epic. <clears throat> I had no idea that they were going to be in it. Like, I already loved the original Tron movie. One that I saw when I was a kid, so I didn't watch any ads, and I just went in completely blind. And I was so excited oh, when I saw oh. like Daft Punk in the in the end of the line club. It's just like oh, so fun. Oh my god, that is 
<laughs> wow. I so I saw the believe it or not, um, I saw the screening of Tron Legacy at the Rio Theater. This is back when they were still allowed to show new movies opening night before that whole stupid rule with Cineplex. Yeah, I remember, I remember that era. Where, oh, yeah, right? So um, when Daft Punk made their their appearance okay. in the End of the Line Club, everyone in the Rio Theater just absolutely clapped and cheered. Yes. I think it was a sold-out show, or pretty close to being sold out, but we just went. Yeah. And I... I imagine by everyone's reaction, either half of the people didn't know they were going to be in the film or the other half knew they were going to be in the film, but they were just like, oh, my God. And I like obviously I knew Daft Punk was going to be in the film. I kind of saw a couple of um, like sketches of them. So obviously they had their helmets and we knew they were going to wear kind of like um, like a like kind of like a tracksuit sort of thing, but I, nobody really knew what they were going to look like in the end. And then we finally saw them in um, the beautiful um, white tracksuits, light up um, lights, everything. And they just look stunning. And they actually had like a good amount of screen time because we see them first and then they cut back to Chester and he's like, change the music, blah, blah, blah. And then we go back to them and then that big, huge fight starts yeah. out in the end of the Lion Club. And it was just... Just absolutely epic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember, yeah. uh, I remember when Toronto Legacy came out. I was at the minute premiere for that one as well. And um, Ooh. what I remember, I was now granted the midnight premiere for me was in Mission, it was in Mission BC. So it didn't have the full pack theater, it didn't have a whole that. But being that it was a small <laughs> town, it was a smaller town at the time. It was at least nice to the region to do it one. But I went to the midnight premiere for that though. And for me, I remember uh, Avatar had recently come. And of course, we were in the big 3D oh, right. trend going on at that time, right? Uh, Absolutely. But yeah. Tron Legacy was one of the movies I found was able to use 3D in a far more creative fashion. They did that a whole, uh, um, the code to the computer at the beginning of to put your glasses on when you go into the uh Oh, yes, the yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yes. You know, back in the older days, like the really older days, like, you know, before us or our parents were born, um, when yeah. a lot of these movies were like the William Castle era, where there was that kind of heavier gimmick side going on with the movies. Like, I can't remember what it was, but there's a William Castle kind of dancing skeleton movie where you would go in with these uh, glasses. And if you put on these red glasses, you would all of a sudden see that there's a whole other layer of animation of dancing skeletons that no one's seeing. And it was, that was all part of like his gimmicks were, you know, he did like smell-o-vision uh yeah creatures running into the theater when their people are supposed to be scared so i think about that when i want to keep mm -hmm. it on legacy where it, it was such a weird little thing to know, uh, to experience in a theater where it's not like you know put your glasses on and watch a the movie they actually had a genuine like when this happens put yeah. your glasses on for 3d action you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah and there's something about <laughs> that such a novelty aspect of it i just really enjoyed it it definitely made it feel yeah. like an event like, yeah, right. I don't. I don't feel like yeah, absolutely our events as much anymore because there is like so many of them. Like some of them are. Yeah. But, like when oh, Tron yeah. came out, like it was just like such a big event with like the gimmicks and everything behind it, and and oh, it yeah. also was an amazing movie. When I saw it, I was like blown away by the graphics and everything, and like yeah, and Tron Legacy is also an example of a movie that like the critics did not 
care for it. The critics were not kind to that movie. I know. But what's interesting about it is that I, to this day, have not met somebody who's from our generation who has seen that movie and disliked Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I was like, okay, I get the first Tron movie got mixed reviews because it was so ahead of its time. It is admittedly but for Tron a Legacy. <laughs> and oh yeah, and it's slow too. It is especially it when is, like the um, world's been I, introduced to like Star Wars and stuff at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And um but when when Tron Legacy came out, I was like this is going to hit it out of the park. This is the one this is it like i was i we were ready i thought this movie was gonna do for vfx what avatar did originally like i thought when when the trailers were coming out and all that i thought like i was already excited for avatar because i'm a james cameron fan but like regardless though i thought tron legacy was going to be the one that was going to be talked about 10 years down the line about how it affected technology of the era but i so i was a little surprised by Mm -hmm. that but in the end you know i was still pretty blown away by the technical achievements of that movie I feel like, yeah, I feel like Tron Legacy, and I, I know we've, we've been talking mainly about, like, the graphics so far, but I feel like the graphics mm-hmm. in Tron Legacy uh, really helped bring the world and story that I was very interested in, in, like, the first one as a kid, and had to kind of look past the graphics because I was seeing it after they weren't good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> when I saw this and it was like at the height of it, I'm like, I, I realized that this must be how people felt watching the original Tron because it was the same kind of perspective of this. These graphics are well. Amazing. The original Tron actually mm-hmm. wasn't a wasn't a big success at theaters. It came out. Oh, good God! It came no. out against. It came out in 1982 in the summer of 82 yeah. against. Uh, we're talking about a summer where Blade Runner couldn't didn't even stand a chance at theaters because we're talking. That summer had uh, Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You had E.T. You had, uh, oh, God, what, uh, what are some other ones here? The Thing, Blade Runner. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I know I'm missing a good chunk of movies here, but the summer of 82 was like, look back mm-hmm. on as like the greatest summer of movie history. And Tron, like The Thing was another victim of, uh, of that summer as well, because you, had, you can go see the existential threat shape-shifting being in this John Carpenter alien movie, or you can go watch the mm. Steven Spielberg alien movie everyone's talking about with uh, the Reese's Pieces. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who wants to see a weird, um, cheesy film about um, arcades and light cycles? And, what Return uh, of the Freaking Je- Jedi is in theaters right now. Like, Yeah, yeah. And Jeff Bridges. And I, I mean, everyone loves Jeff Bridges, but... Um, he was pretty hot yeah, back then, too. Like, um, he, was a, he was, like, uh, like hot in the sense of, like, he was a very popular actor at the time. Like, he was on a lot of things. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he's like, obviously, he... Um, I... My my introduction to um to Jeff Bridges, I imagine for most people, of course, was the Big Lebowski, and I always knew that uh, he was in Tron. So how I discovered the original Tron is, uh, of course, I pay, played um, Kingdom Hearts two, right. and in Kingdom Hearts yeah. two, we do the Tron level, which is the best <laughs> level in the world. Sora's Sora, Goofy, and Donald's costumes look amazing. It's just it's like one of the best levels ever. And I always kind of knew what Tron was, like Light Cycle Jeff Bridges, but I never saw the movie. And after I played Kingdom Hearts 2 and I played that level, I was like, I really need to see this movie. And I watched, um, I rented, (laughs) so old, I rented um, 
Tron from Blockbuster. I watched it after I did the sun run. Um, I didn't run the sun run. I walked the sun run. So I was extremely exhausted, but I still watched the movie. And like I knew coming into it, it was going to be cheesy 80s, outdated. Just I, I was prepared for what I was going into. I did absolutely find it incredibly slow. But when they showed uh, the light cycle scene, it's like my heart stopped because I knew how far advanced ahead of its time Tron was back in 82. Yeah. The fact that they were able to make this film, pull off those graphics, oh. make this world believable back in 82 just blew my mind. And then to get and shunned knew... from the Oscars for it. Because they cheated. By they using quote, computers. Cheated. That is an actual yeah, it, fact. The Oscars yeah, blacklisted yeah. Tron from best visual yeah. effects because they said they cheated by using computers. No one, that's right. No one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one told James Cameron this role. <laughs> yeah, right. Just just the whole Tron team just got shafted. And here we are, fast forwarding to now with AI supposedly going to replace us and make films. But anyway, so um <laughs> became a Tron fan and then of course um saw Tron opening night at the Rio Theater right. back in 2010 and um so I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of a backstory so before I went into film I went into I went to college into graphic designing I was planning to be a graphic designer mm -hmm. but of course I've always liked films and I kind of him and hawed about going into the film industry but mm -hmm. I knew nothing about it I never was a film kid I never took film in school there's no one in my family that did film I was just a fan. Right. But the night I saw Tron Legacy at the Rio Theater, and it was the scene where um, Flynn is in the games and they're going to have the light cycle races. That scene is he, in slow motion, he runs across the screen, he jumps, and then he morphs into riding his light mm -hmm. cycle. And that very moment, I thought to myself, I want to do that. Oh. I want to create films like that. And that night, driving home, I decided that I was going to go to film school and go into the film industry because, A, I was getting bored of graphic designing, and B, I tried twice to get into Quantlin's graphic designing for marketing program right. that only accepts 25 students a year. And I wasn't getting in. I wasn't getting anywhere. And I said, fuck it. I want my um, degree in something, and I think I'm going to try film school. And that just what pretty much just kicked off my whole film career. And so that this is the why I, this is the reason why I picked um, Tron Legacy for for this episode is because everyone asks me they're like, oh, what's the film that got you into all of this? And I'm like, Tron Legacy, and they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or and people have it's mixed not reactions. a movie that people, people you know. Ex yeah. I mean, like, we had yeah. another episode we were talking about Beastmaster with James Rourke to be a Bex guy. And, you know, he's talking about, like, Ooh. how he, how it was a movie from this, this B. Sailor and Sandals movie from 1982 that made him want to go into VFX. And it's like these sort of influences can kind of come from anywhere. The reason why I'm in movies was because when I saw the first Spider Man in theaters, and it's like, oh, he's nice. like, he talks to a lot of people that, you know, he got, he was like, oh, I wanted to go into film because of Francis Ford Coppola and, and, mm. uh, you know, Jean-Luc Godard, and I do love these filmmakers, but, you know, I'm not going to change mm -hmm. history. The fact is, it was Sam Raimi in a popcorn blockbuster that made me want to become a filmmaker. 
for me was oh yeah i love for me yeah. it was alien oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I saw yes. I saw the xenomorph, and I'm like, originally I wanted to like make movie monsters. I saw oh, Alien, ooh. and I wanted to make movie yep. monsters, and that was like my goal from yep. then on. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's anyone, yeah, like like you said, Kevin, <laughs> inspiration or or the will to do this really comes from from anywhere. And but yes, we got the classics and the masterpieces, but everyone has their favorite film or types of films or series yeah it's 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 really cool to hear what everyone what their favorite <laughs> film is or what really inspired them to um get into the film industry and um what's really cool is um is tron 3 is going to be filmed in vancouver this summer it has not been affected by the writer's strike at least according to IATSE resources and I love that you're just actually, divulging. You know what? If they have a problem, they can call me. <laughs> yeah. Uh you now, the main worry about oh, Tron shit. 3 though is that Tron yep. 3 is not a direct sequel. It's not uh following the story. It's not gonna be followed up. Like I want to see the war between Clue 2 and the ISOs versus the real, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I mean Obviously, time has uh, has passed between Tron two and three. Um, I, I forgot to mention this, but um, so after Tron Legacy, um, Tron three was supposed to be made here in Vancouver. Yes, I remember that. In um, due to Tomorrowland, it, 20... it uh, they yeah. shut down the movie. Yeah, yeah, which was was which was devastating. I actually applied to PA on on Tron three and. Then it got shut down. When Tron um, three got shut down, though, Star Trek Beyond took over its uh, took over its lot. Did it now? Um, oh, that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, because they could just still use the same volume, um, sound stage, and 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 that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, that make that makes sense now. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, for for Tron three, yes, it's it's not going to be a direct sequel. It's um. Yeah, it's it's too bad because you're right. We all wanted to see what ha would happen to um, Sam and Cora because Cora went into the real world with with Sam. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's it's um, I I've I've heard so many rumors about what Tron Three is going to be about. They they said it's going to be like um, a new thing, or it's going to have maybe they'll bring back um some of the original cast um i i don't really know i also don't want to read too much into it because yeah i, I never be... want to i just yeah, really hope that yeah. we get back Kara headland and olivia wilde because quite frankly i thought olivia wilde was uh like one of fantastic. the strongest parts of that movie oh my god she was fantastic in that oh my god they they said um for behind the scenes for Tron Legacy that they literally scouted the world for someone to play Korra like they had so many auditions, so many options, and they finally went with her, which I think was just the best choice ever. Like, yeah, and she's great. Like, what she's done, like her role, all her roles she's done has been absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, like what what I kind of the rumors I've heard is like, um, supposedly Tron Three was supposed to follow Sam and Cora, and then um uh from if if you guys it was briefly shown in tron legacy but dillinger so dillinger was the villain from the first film 
his right. son was in that board meeting with um with Alan and the others. And so supposedly what was the villain arc of Tron Three was that Dillinger's son was gonna go after um Sam Flynn and yeah. kind of avenge his father because at that time uh David Warner, who plays um Dillinger slash Sark was still right. alive. And um unfortunately David Warner um passed away last year so that was kind of the the original storyline um i know yeah i i don't know it's um i i'm just again i don't want to um read too much into it because i don't want to pull down a reddit rumor rabbit hole or every anything <laughs> but uh yeah we'll we'll see what um becomes of it but you heard it um, here folks jeff bridges is playing six roles in tron three confirmed they, by chelsea goodman <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be we have, everyone. We have recast Coro with Jeff with uh, Jeff Bridges. Yes, guess that's who's right. Playing Sam now, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. There you go. Yeah, the light cycle really ties the room together. It really <laughs> does. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I want a Tron Big Lebowski cro- crossover like so. So I, mean, I, I just I kind of feel like you yeah. dotted a little bit in Tron Legacy, to be honest. The way, oh, the yes. way oh, yeah. him in Tron Legacy was so much more of the vein of the dude. But that's yeah. also apparently just Jeff Bridges. Like, that's just yeah. how he is. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, and you know, some, some people complained about that. About that, They were like, oh, my God, he, now Kevin Flynn is now the dude. Ooh. It's like, well, Kevin Flynn was uh, trapped in this world for so many years, and he had to hide in exile. And what really kind of prevented him from going crazy was like, meditating and just um what's it called racing yourself from the equation and that sort of thing so yeah he kind of would in a way be the dude i mean i have no problem with jeff bridges the dude like i think you know there shouldn't be any problem to be had he's one of the best characters in movie history exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i actually like how he changed in charles legacy like you were saying like it like isolation can drive a person insane mm-hmm. so uh, i feel like the only way you're you're really able to be okay being alone is like you go more like the way of the monk or just yeah that's look right word right yeah absolutely yeah the way of buddhism that sort of thing and um i i thought it was great i i had no problem with it um again i absolutely love this movie um would I say it's like flawless? There, there's a few little flaws here and there, but in the I, end, I don't think there's such thing as a perfect movie, with the exception no. of Back to the Future. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh. Well, was, but like with this particular one though, with Tron Legacy, like mm-hmm. I, I remember when it was coming around, a big reason why I thought it was going to push technology the way they thought is because they're making such a huge deal about a, about de aging, about the de aging of Jeff Bridges. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I want to point out that when you see the de-aging, has it aged the best? No. Nope. De-aging mm-hmm. rarely has. You know, I'd argue some of the de-aging from Mandalorian is already aged. You know what I mean? Like, it's a hard task to do. And But I, I look at that, and it's so weird because it always looked a little uncanny valley and off from the get-go. However, here we are now, 13 years later, and I don't feel it looks any worse than it did hmm? 13 years ago. And that kind of makes <laughs> sense. Like, it's... It was never perfect to begin with, but it never it hasn't actually aged worse than that since. Right, right. 
Yeah. And um and this was done before um deep fake and now now we have oh AI. Oh my god. If they so, were to do that now yeah. actually actually they could have Jeff Bridges play every role. <laughs> there you go. So it's going to happen. You hear it right you heard it right here folks. Uh, it's right here everybody. Right you know, here. Right here. Yeah. Right yeah, two people who have nothing to do with this movie tell yep. it like it is. That's right, exactly. Yeah, so, I um, if yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so if you if you're not uh if you're not happy that it turns out to not be true, contact Chelsea. That's right. I I am the expert. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I um like like I said earlier, we um Tron Three is being made. Um, um, um. Fuck, I'm just, I'm just going to say, you guys, it's being made here in Vancouver. Um, no, I, you didn't say that. Yeah, you said it already yeah. on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But Extra I'm, confirmation I'm not, from Chelsea. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not keeping it a secret. And uh, I even, I, I live in downtown Vancouver, and I actually saw a location, a small group doing a location scout underneath the Granville Street Bridge, and I saw one of the guys wearing a Disney jacket. And then I went home and I, I follow a, um, a Tron fan Facebook group and someone posted a picture of this group under the Gravel Street Bridge saying, hey, look, it's the, it's the there's the um, the crew from uh, Tron 3 and the location scouting underneath the Gravel Street Bridge in Vancouver. OMG, guys, uh, Tron 3 is uh, finally uh, going to be made. And I'm like, you heard it here, folks. Don't like I'm not the one posting it publicly online. Pe- people know um so yeah i'm i if, if i if i get in trouble with iatsi sorry not sorry but um why why i'm keep saying this is i i truly with all my heart want to work on tron 3 i've already sent two emails to the production designer i'm just kind of getting it out there in the universe but like if i do somehow managed to be on this feature i mean that's just going to be such a full circle moment because it was trying legacy that's got me into the film industry and right. here we are 13 years later now with tron 3 i don't know we'll see fingers well, crossed, if anybody, crossed if anybody relevant is listening to this i mean only cool people hire chelsea goodman so that's right yeah. that's <laughs> right and um and and like being on um netflix's live action avatar the last airbender like that was just such um that was just such a crazy experience it's so hard because how much can you really say about it right yeah 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 i I wanted to make a joke about your resume but then i was like what can i say other than like what you've told me i'm not even sure i'm allowed to say that (laughs) no it's eh, whatever um but just i i never imagined me uh, watching Avatar back in uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender back in 2005, been a great, huge fan of the series, and then all these years later, I work on the live action version. I never thought that was going to yeah. happen. I actually yeah. felt that way about. Uh, I felt that way about. Um, I used to watch the Justice League cartoon when I was younger, so I've, and I always been a big fan of the Flash as a character. <gasps> oh, so work, so work on the TV show was actually a lot of that for me. Wow, that's amazing. Oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah. Just um I, again the fact that we um the the whole Arrowverse was filmed here and we got to work on Arrow the Flash, um yeah. Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Bat uh Batwoman. Um just the fact that those shows were here and that the Arrowverse really um 
Well, I mean, the Vancouver film industry has always been on the map, but this really, really put us on the map. Well, it employed like sixty yeah. percent of our industry. It was crazy. Oh yeah, I, I didn't it put was... in a resume for like nine years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, job security. <laughs> like supernatural. Uh, yeah. Oh right? my god. Yeah. Oh, I man. I I did a couple of days on Supernatural with the set deck crew, and I worked with dressers that were there since day one since the pilot and um this was this was the last season season 15 and they <laughs> were they were they were on the show for 15 years and the once the show ended i heard that a few of these dressers just retired and so why wouldn't they you, should. If you if you could plan ahead then why wouldn't why not right oh yeah and it's, yeah it's long hours to like you know here save the money but yeah <laughs> I mean, I also did set deck, I think, on season 13. For, oh, nice. For, like, not not a whole lot, just a little bit of it. And mm-hmm. I was working with set dresses who were telling me stories about David Duchovny on the original X-Files. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I love talking to um, to, to those who worked on oh. X-Files and... um. The stories uh, from that shoot, my yeah, god! Yeah, oh boy! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's stories um, that it, probably shouldn't be set, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, As yeah. I think, I think those, I think this, yeah. I mean, we've all worked on the production stuff that most shows have, uh, have stories uh, similar. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's also kind of like a case of whispers because is that actually what happened, or has the story been told three different times by a different person? Who's like yeah. it sounds better if it's from me? Yeah, hey, for anyone's yeah. listening, this isn't like a me. This isn't like a me too thing or anything like that. We're just talking about like general chaos and hijinks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very clear. We're not accusing anyone here of no, no, something to listen. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, yeah. In the last uh, six months, and you, you're both design, like you both do graphic design. You and Kayla here. So I, I know that um for both of you, this is actually kind of relevant, but. Over the mm-hmm. last year, uh, AI imagery, which I refuse to call art, has been uh, making its way kind of, you know, out into the out into the limelight. Now, you're both designers, and this movie, Tron Legacy, actually deals with um, the fallout, in a sense, of unchecked AI. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in ways that Terminator has to and all that, but I'm kind of curious, like, how, how do you feel is looking back on this movie now, 13 years later, with the way that we are now in this universe? Yeah, it's um uh, in a way um it's almost like a kind of like a cautionary tale like the 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 I'm the ISOs are what? are kind of like the AI and um clue to or clue um smushed them while uh Kevin Flynn wanted to kind of get to know them more and at, at first for the longest time I was like oh how dare clue wipe out the isos oh my god but kind of looking (laughs) comparing it to now to ai it's like ai is scary it's 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 not art it's it's um it's replacing people it's uh copying people's art it's it's something to really fear about and uh when, when i went into graphic designing back in 2009 this is when uh vista print and um Kava and all those programs were coming yeah. out where people could do their own graphic designing. Yeah. And um, I took graphic designing and 
magazine publishing. And this is when the iPad came out and when printed magazines were becoming obsolete. And already I felt like I was being replaced by technology in a way or by something else. And um, so just to, to answer your question, Tron Legacy kind of um, showed us that and kind of gave us a warning, but it was, yeah, I'm like Tron, Tron and Tron Legacy or the Tron series has always been ahead of its time. And I really hope for Tron 3, they kind of continue this way with uh, showing and talk about talking about these things that could and can or will happen in the future sort of thing so in a way it's um it's such a double-edged sword because like technology helps us create and make things but at the same time some of it is either slowly replacing what we do or alternating or um that sort of thing so yeah yeah it's uh oh like i um, when when the uh, writer strike first happened, everyone went on to movie set memes and all the derpy uh, Facebook film groups, and we're yeah, like, crew oh. stories, yeah. movie yeah, set crew memes, stories, yeah. three, whatever it's out of this. Yeah, book, crew <laughs> stories basically become movie set memes. Like, yeah, and then everyone's like, hey, not going to be replaced by <laughs> no more writers, no more crew, no more nothing. Uh, the the robots are coming. Uh, the computers are coming. Uh, we're all going to die doom scroll doom scroll doom scroll and i just had to unsubscribe to all that so right yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's um god it's just it's 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 just it's scary it's really scary i like like obviously i've always known that uh our technology and our programs and our computers and our phones and everything were going to either make uh the work go easier or faster or whatever but i never thought ai would get to a point where it would just um replace the artist or do the art for the artist well, or do the writing for the right writer so yeah, yeah. well in an yeah. i in an ideal world i think when 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 i've spoken to people who are pro ai the way that they see it is it should be doing like the labor jobs of that like if it's people working hmm. in a dangerous factory hmm. have ai doing that and then you know give people a means to like you know still be alive i don't know if it's like a you know a universal basic income or something if you're taking away their ability to you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know that's a bit of a hot topic there but <laughs> i think if we're actively having robots replace people we need to figure out how we're going to help the people who've now been made obsolete because absolutely what are we going to do yeah yeah it you what you just said kayla reminds me of irobot um <laughs> oh no there's a cautionary tale right there right um, yeah it's 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 definitely um two pathways we can either um help the people and then um i i always think about um I, I don't know if you guys are Warhammer 40k fans. Um, are you at all? 
you know anything uh, about it? I, I'm not. Kayla's more of a tabletop player than I am, but I don't think okay. you play. That was more my brother's thing. I like. Oh, I would know. Okay. I would if you were saying if you were saying things to me, I would understand some references. Probably. Okay. okay. So where I'm going with this is so in Warhammer 40k, and uh, to the listeners out there, I'm a very new 40k fan. There's lots of lore. I'm still learning it, so I might butcher up some facts, names, etc. So I apologize in advance, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Anyways, I'm gonna explain this. Um, so in 40k, the race, the the Eldar or the elves in space, um, uh, make this society where AI or robots or whatever do all the work for them, and they get to live a life of. Oh, leisure and all that but then it gets to the point where they're corrupted and then they somehow unleash uh slanesh which is like the the god of death or whatever and they like destroy the universe and half their race and like that um they lived in a paradise and things got too good and then suddenly they uh they got corrupted or things got flipped upside down so uh shakila when you're saying <laughs> like help the people my mind just starts wandering off to like, oh god, are we gonna end up like the Eldar? Like, ah. right? <laughs> are we on or, um, yeah, um, or or the other pathway is, um, <laughs> we get replaced. I don't know. It's I kind of feel like in a way we're we're living in uh, the beginning of some sci-fi movie, some sci-fi like novel like here we are today with ai where do we go from here sort of thing so not only that but you have like the creator of uh open a the former ceo of open ai the people who made chat gpt and stuff he quit yeah. the company he's going around being like you know stop developing ai stop developing yeah. my creation i mean that's yeah. absolutely the beginning yeah. of, of of any of these sci-fi movies like yeah. th that would be if, if we wrote a script right now and started started with that a producer would tell us that that's too cliche yeah 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 <laughs> actually no actually another it's not sci-fi but it's um i'm not sure if you've ever played the dragon age games huge fan they're like my they're my they're my thing um but in dragon age inquisition you get to know about like because there's elves there and you know there's fantasy racism all that stuff the oh, elves yeah. were enslaved or they're out in their in their dayless tribes basically but yeah. you get to find out about the elven gods and that that they worshipped, and it turns out there were like people, like there were elves who basically learned enough magic to be able to live forever. And a lot of the oh, marking, yeah. a lot of the markings on their faces, they're like these are worship, these are worshiping our gods. They were slave markings. Oh, the, the, the elven gods used to enslave oh. their own yeah. people, and so really, it's these. It's these uh, elves that just got so powerful with magic and got so caught up in it that they just stopped seeing everyone else's people. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And that so rings um, uh, Warhammer 40k. It's just, uh, or, or just elves or elder in general. Like, yeah, it's. Uh... I might have I missed information because I gleaned this through like reading texts and books I found in the game. So I haven't like. Put it out on like a timeline to be concise, but that's like what I gathered from it, basically. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's um, yeah. Just just the former CEO just warning us about this. It's like, yeah, I 
the whole like I told you so, you should have listened to me kind of thing and Nobody it's... listens to the artists. No, they never Nobody know. listens yeah. to us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should listen to us. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, he's not like a classic harbinger character from a horror movie like don't go out of the is right now. I well the harbinger. <laughs> this, this is the harbinger, cabin of the woods, telling you don't do it. You know, yeah. this is the guy knocking on your door, being like, "I know, you know, sometimes that is better." You know, this is that guy right now, and he created <laughs> the damn device. And he's trying to tell us, "Do not make the, do not use the thing I made." And I kind of feel like we're anybody right now who looks at a movie and says, "Well, yeah, you turn around at that point." The guy told you it's, it's haunted up there. You don't do it. It's like, well, we all just. We we all just prove we're as stupid as these war characters. Huh? <laughs> I bet you I bet you there's someone in like a, another like metaverse or another world. They're they're watch they're watching us. They're watching um the reality series called Earth. And they're probably just right there being like they're like, Listen to him. Don't do it. He's just screaming at the TV. Well, I, I can't feel like it's uh because I, I by the way, I appreciate the South Park reference there. I oh, imagine they're up there. They'd be like, "Well, now they're just repeating the same storylines over and over." These uh, these damn characters keep doing something they think is smart, go too far with it, and get some killed. And here we go again. I'm getting so sick of this show. I'd be done with this show if it wasn't literally the only thing on TV. <laughs> yeah, history repeating itself. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds very yeah. Rick and Morty. I, I, yes, yeah. I was just I was just thinking about uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Oh man, um, but uh, I think it's impossible uh, yeah. to talk about Tron Legacy though without taking a moment to talk about the thing that everyone always talks about, which is the freaking soundtrack. Right, oh, so good. I remember when this came out, and I I didn't understand the hype about Daft Punk quite yet. Like I knew Understellar hmm. fifty five five, I knew like you know one more time, like all that stuff around yep. the world. I remember seeing the music videos, but I didn't understand the hype. Right, <laughs> um. So when I started having friends of mine be so excited about a movie soundtrack coming out, I first off just suddenly thought all my friends became cinephiles. I didn't realize that there was suddenly this urge because I didn't realize the, the, how, how big it was that Daft Punk was releasing a new album. In fact, right. now it's funny when you listen to it too because the song, it's a banger of a soundtrack, but like so many of the tracks are like a minute long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, um, so for me, like I, I became a big uh, Daft Punk fan when they released um, um, Human After All. And so I was already my favorite a fan. punk album, by the way. My favorite Daft Punk album, by the way. Human After All? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, um, my favorite. So I, I was already so used to um, the music that they already had for their first three albums. Plus, they did. Um, you know what sucks, guys? is by the time I became a Daft Punk fan, they had already finished their uh, 2007 Alive uh, Live tour. They never they never came to Vancouver. Um, I think the closest they got to here was maybe Seattle. I could be wrong, but it was. But anyways, so yeah. I, I was already a big fan. I was already <laughs> used to just the way they did music. I always knew that um, uh, that uh, Gimen and Thomas was. They, um, yes, they're DJs, but they're also classically trained musicians. And I know for a while they were talking about they would love to do some sort of um, album or track or something with an orchestra. And then, of course, it all came together yeah. with them uh, making the Tron Legacy soundtrack, which, by the way, they recorded that soundtrack with the London Orchestra. 
Oh my god. Yeah. That they did it with the London oh. Orchestra. That's why it's so like theatrical and you know, well that's why it's so amazing. And um so when I like when I first saw the movie, um I I'll be a little honest, when I first saw Tron Legacy, I kind of had mixed feelings about the music because I was like, okay, this is obviously Daft Punk, but this is not the Daft Punk I know. And then right. I saw the movie like a million more times. And then, of course, I bought uh, the soundtrack on CD from HNV because I am old. <laughs> uh, I did and the then same. I, we all did yeah, the same thing, we, Chelsea. Yes. And then um, Insta fell in love with it. And then I, I actually... Uh, Re, I actually rewatched um, Tron Legacy uh, during Christmas and actually re-listened to the soundtrack, and it's it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, I don't have you guys ever um, sat down and listened to the soundtrack from the original Tron movie? No, I can I can sincerely say I've not. You should. It's very different. Who did the soundtrack weird. for the original one? uh wendy um gosh her name's slipping uh wendy um she did the soundtrack for the shining she uh she uses a lot of like synthesizers wendy and... carlos wendy carlos thank you wendy yes. carlos no. yeah yes yeah so oh. her her soundtrack is um the soundtrack huh. for the first tron huh. is um it's kind of huh. like huh. a how can I describe it? It's like a soothing, eerie, um, mystical kind of journey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what it sounds like. But it's it's kind of a you you listen. I remember to the, the sound soundtrack. Watching the movie, yeah. I remember the soundtrack being a little bit more ethereal. Ethereal. That's the word I'm working looking yeah. for. Thank you. It is very ethereal in a way, and then you just yeah. listen to it on its own, and you're like, "Oh, what?" And then you see the movie, and you're like, "Oh, I get it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> but um, but the uh, the soundtrack for um for Tron Legacy is again, it, it's it's a banger, and I've actually been to like random like DJ nights or parties in the backyard or. I've had some DJ friends that will actually take tracks from the Tron Legacy soundtrack and remix them. And it's, it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, and unfortunately, um, the uh, Tron Legacy soundtrack did not win soundtrack of the year during the Grammys because the King's speech soundtrack beat it. And well, I'm still very, very bitter about that to this day. But thankfully, a few years later, um, when Daft Punk <laughs> released uh, Random Access Memories, which, by the way, is celebrating its 10th anniversary, um, they ended up winning five Grammys at the 2017? No, 20... Oh, my gosh. My dates are getting wrong. Anyways. Their, didn't they get yeah. their friends into the Grammys? Daft Punk? Yeah. Oh. I... I I'll have to fact check this, but I read a story yeah. online that they um, they dressed their friends up in the Daft Punk outfits when that the boys were wearing. Oh, I might oh, be lying. I, oh, I'm gonna check oh, this. You, um, oh, you you think that it wasn't um, actually Gimen or Thomas that was on stage when they were accepting their awards? Like someone else was wearing their their helmets and their outfits. Is it that? 
I think that's I, what I'm getting. I think that's what it. I'll, I'll check. Yeah. I'm probably, yeah. I'm probably misremembering something, so I probably yeah. shouldn't have mentioned that. I know, I know. After they they won those Grammys, it was either uh, Saturday Night Live or one one of the late night shows. Kind of did a spoof where these two guys dressed up as, as them and they took off their helmets. They're like, "Oh, yeah, it's not. We're we're surprised. We're not actually Daft Punk. Ah, you know." That sort of thing. So it might it might have been that. Um, may have been that. It may have been that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know yeah. that soundtrack though. That was really something else. I remember uh, it was such a big deal at the time. The one track that never gets out of my head is Derez. But it's oh. also, I mean, that was also the single too that came out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. My only thing is, I've always really uh, been a little finicky about people when people call it the uh, the two hour Daft Punk music video. Oh, yeah, I find it is so dismissive of the writing and the story oh. and the and the acting. Like mm. I thought, Garrett, I I really was hoping for a bigger career for Garrett Edlund. I mean, I, yeah. I still like to see pop in and stuff, but uh, he was there. There was like a few minutes. There was like a, about a year or two there, but they were really trying to make Garrett Edlund like the next thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I'm gonna admit <laughs> when I first saw Tron Legacy, I I wasn't quite sure about him, and then I saw it again, and I was like, okay. This, this this is the guy. This is the guy right here, um, because of course he would be um, Kevin Flynn's son, right? Um, oh, easily. Yeah. Getting back to the your comments of it being a two hour tough uh, punk music video, I, I've heard that so many times, and it just it, it just makes me so mad. And another thing, um, so you you mentioned it earlier, but um, Daft Punk made an animated movie called Interstellar Five 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 Five, which yep. the soundtrack to it, which is, is more the, more so, it's a visual album if anything. It it is a visual album, so well, that, there's a story. So I mean, there is a through yeah. line story though. So exactly, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People that say that um, need need to look at themselves in the mirror and. I mean, the same people. I, I, made, <laughs> I made a comment about this. Uh, I made a comment about this on another episode, but you know, it's the same sort of people who you know keep parroting, "Oh, Avatar was just uh, Ferngully in space," and think it's an original opinion, right? It's like oh. <laughs> you know, no, somebody said that opinion to you at the right time, got on the internet, and you called it your own opinion. Oh God! And it's you can tell when people are talking about things like Tron Legacy and all that because they'll so they want to say two-hour Daft Punk music video, but then now they're at a point like. Uh, they won't say it outright. It'll just like, oh yeah, you know, ah, did you... but then you ever feel it's kind of just a two-hour Daft Punk video, and they say it like some way like that to make sure that it sounds like it was an original thought they just had. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because within those two hours, we only see like Daft Punk for like what three minutes or less, yeah, or at least. And I would argue shots. that the uh, <laughs> I would argue that you know the music is so fitting to the imagery and the scenes not because it's a two-hour daft punk video but that's because that's what a bloody score is supposed to do yeah exactly like, i don't understand exactly. people didn't have this mindset it's like yes it's gonna coordinate with the visuals that's yeah. what a soundtrack does that's when what used you appropriately do. <laughs> yeah you you you're in post you you get the um you get the film to um to um but you walk uh pitch lock thank you and um it's time to do the soundtrack and you sit down with your composer or your team or whatever and you watch the whole film and then they depending on what the soundtrack is they they time the notes the singing the yeah. sound well, effects the whatever right it's like what i will <laughs> say that's a little that's a little off topic of tron legacy but i'm going to do a little bit of uh spoiling one of your uh one of your positions that you've had in the past uh yep. this is a little bit relevant 
so so it's been said before that normally uh you know composer sees the film and then they start composing the music after that some some directors and composers have different relationships um in the case of steven spielberg he sends uh, in the case of steven spielberg he sends uh dailies over john williams so he can work on it while he's making the movie so in case he has any new ideas because then later on the way he directs might be influenced by the music he's been hearing now from the movie now you've worked with steven spielberg for a fair number of time um in the editing room for the bfg did you not that i did absolutely so Right after, like literally the day after I graduated from film school, I graduated from Capilano University back in 2015, I was offered a editorial PA job on the production of the BFG, The Big Friendly Giant. And I got to work with Steven Spielberg's editors. And I saw Steven Spielberg every single day at lunchtime because that's when he would come in and watch the dailies with his editors. And yeah. I mean, for a film kid to, for a film grad to have their first job working not only on a Steven Spielberg production, but to see Steven Spielberg every single day was just the was just the cherry on top it was just it blew my mind and i remember you had the first uh, you you got the first gig that every film school student says yeah i'm not gonna settle unless i get (laughs) yeah you got the damn gig yeah and here's guys here's the crazy thing is how i got this gig through kaplan university so um often (laughs) between semesters um uh certain productions or whatever will email Capilano being like, hey, we need a couple of students uh, to help us with this project, or we need a couple of students to PA on that project. They they would give us work between semesters or after we've graduated. Um, a few weeks before we graduated, there was an email sent us out to all the students being like, hey, um, the BFG is looking for a uh, editorial PA to help for two weeks. I was only on the production for two weeks. It was still magical. Um, is anyone interested? I applied right away. And then I kind of asked. Would. Yeah. yeah. And I asked my classmates, I was like, guys, did you, did you hear about this? Are you, you going to do it? And they're like, yeah, whatever. And I, um, I had other classmates that um, were um, way better, way better editors or just, had a bit more office uh pa experience yeah. than i did so i i i i applied right away but i was like i'm not going to get the job it's just no i'm it, it's going to go to someone else and then yeah so then i ended up getting it <laughs> that's amazing so when you yeah. were in the editing room this is kind of where my question comes in like daft yeah. punk obviously had a I, I couldn't even imagine they must have got like they clearly, clearly did not have a completed film in front of them to to the music valve because Tron Legacy is so VFX filled, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. in a situation like that, like like with that in that situation, was it did you guys have did you hear a temp score during the during the cut or anything like that? Or um oh good question. Okay, so <laughs> oh what was their temp music? Um no, there was there was no temp music at the time. Right. Now now um the BFG had a very large editing team and then right next door to us was a couple of um 
a couple of uh, visual effects artists and such from Weta. Weta was right next door to us. So a lot of things were split up. And I mostly worked closely with the... um, with the uh, the Wait, assistant yeah. editor, or the, not? Um, oh gosh, not the assistant. Uh, the um, the I'm, offline editor. So I mostly I'm, saw the rawest I'm, of the raw files, but I did get to see it slowly get pieced together without any visual effects. Um, there was there was one part where they kind of had big play, pipes playing, and it was just kind of a temp temp file sort of thing but no i did not hear any um temp music or early workings of the music right um again i was only there for two weeks i i, oh, I was there enough. for the, i was there for the last two weeks before they wrapped production yeah. and then yeah. the the editors because they were all from la they went back to la and then they finished everything up but um it would have been cool if if that had happened. That would have that would have been amazing. Um, yeah, it just makes me kind of wonder how exactly Daft Punk were able to sync it up so well. I mean, I feel a lot of that had to have been done in post, like yeah. to actually sync it up to the music because they they would have had to be producing that at the same time they're making the movie. I imagine they're probably yeah. getting updated storyboards of how it's yeah, to go. Probably something. Like if I if I had to do that in a production, if it was heavy intense on the visuals, they'd be getting the storyboards for the yeah. shot. Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes sense for sure. And um, I mean they're they're just geniuses, so of course they're gonna they're gonna pull it off regardless. So <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. So um, continuing on the topic of of Daft Punk, um, every uh, people are probably aware, but they they broke up in 2021. It wasn't so over. Sad. Yeah, it wasn't over bad blood or anything. They just they were at a point in their careers like where they were like, We've done enough. And they've kind of wanted to go off and do their own thing. Yeah. But of course now they're not gonna do the soundtrack for Tron Three. And um what makes you wonder, it's like who's gonna do this the soundtrack for Tron Three? Who is going to fill in the shoes for both Wendy and for Daft Punk? Like I wonder. Like, they should go for uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Oh, oh, damn! That's who they should go with. Yes. Or, or um, who did the score for Endor? Oh, very uh, uh, Oh man, he was also the one who did uh, Succession. Uh, oh, Endor. Who's that? Was Nicholas Bertel. Nicholas okay. Bertel. Uh, however, with that, Chelsea, it's been wonderful having you with us here. Uh, that's our time, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. If you are listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, Deezer, what have you, you can click the link in the description to buy yourself a Blu-ray of Tron Legacy, and for a bonus, a link to buy the soundtrack from Daft Punk. Chelsea, wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much, you guys. <laughs>